Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the RB Podcast. Kyle here. I have Tom with me. Tom, what is going on? What's up, Kyle? What's the good word? Um, Ed was supposed to join us today, but I think he might be lining up for that new Popeye's sandwich that everyone keeps talking about. Have you tried? Oh, no. I wouldn't eat Popeye's if you paid me money to eat Popeye's, guys. Come on. Dude, it's like Don't the you're... most buzzing thing <sighs> on the internet right now. Listen, man, the time we went down to Essence Festival and we tried Popeye's for the first time, I'm still traumatized from that situation. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, well, mind you, we were in the South, so, uh, yeah, I, I think when I, like, ordered my food, they gave me, like, five options for my side dish, but they just said it all at once. It was, like, macaroni, potato, something, 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 something. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, you gotta slow down there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they pretty much expected you to... The food wasn't bad. It's just that they expected you to know what was going on when you walk in the door, and we were we were some newbies coming in, had no idea what was going on, and we got yeah, pushed I through the line. Went... I'm pretty sure I ordered the wrong thing, but got nervous oh oh well um from what i understand i haven't been but chick-fil-a has the best customer service i have no idea i've actually never eaten chick-fil-a in like 15 years but it's pretty big here in new york city like there's actually lines out the door during lunch it's crazy well good news i'm coming through when we uh when i come back to new york we're going to chick-fil-a so where does kfc fit into all of this KFC is near the bottom. I know it's the greasiest by far, but <laughs> where are they in the rankings? <laughs> um, so mind you, I haven't had Chick-fil-A, so I can't say for sure. I actually really like Church's Chicken. Do you know what that is? We discussed this a long time ago, and I said it was ne- I never even heard of it. And then apparently you told me there's one in New York City, so I've still never gone. Yes. So Church's Chicken is my favorite, but uh, people love Popeye's and uh, the sandwich, which Ed tried, and he said it was delicious, but I don't know if you've seen the sandwich, Tom, but it's like gigantic. Hmm. I mean, (laughs) still not going to probably go try it, but I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Well, you stay away from the greasy food, but uh, (laughs) can we get into some R&B here, Tom? All right. What do you got? We actually got a couple here. Um, can we start off by talking about Missy Elliott's new EP, I guess it was? She announced it Thursday evening. And Tom, before we get into Missy's EP, can we t- can we congratulate her for... Uh, she's going to be getting the Michael Jackson VMA Vanguard Award uh, for, you know, I, I guess it's like a Lifetime Achievement Award for her impact with the music videos. Missy always had cool videos. I do remember her videos being innovative. In fact... But I remember most was she wasn't afraid to experiment and do things that people would call weird or stupid. And sometimes that's what makes greatness. So major respect to Missy. Yeah. And then she dropped an EP to go with this news. Now, when we told Ed about this, he was jumping up for joy. And so I was excited. And then, Tom, I listened to the EP. Have you have you got a chance to listen to it? No, I've just read a lot of the, the commentary. What did you think? Um, I might piss some people off with this, but I was actually pretty disappointed in the EP. It was a four-track EP, five, but one was like an acapella of one of the songs, and um, nothing was necessarily terrible. It was a little trendy, and she was kind of mumble rapping on a couple of the songs. There was one full-on R&B song on there, but it wasn't anything that I would think was like 
spectacular. So overall, like, it's nice to hear new music from Missy, but I don't know. I don't think this project was really it for me. I know Ed enjoyed it, or maybe it was his stand-up coming out, but I don't know, Tom. Um, I, I guess the question I have is, is there really a need for new Missy Elliott music in 2019 with all of these new female rappers out here? I'd say yes. I mean, she's a legend. I think there's always room for it. Unfortunately, I just don't know how motivated she is at this point in her career to put anything out. It's been 14 years since her last album. So I don't think she should be trying to compete with any of the younger artists. I wish she would just stay in her own lane, do the music she's always done, you know, and and stay true. But it's very tough because everyone wants to be commercially successful. Most artists don't want to just put something out, you know, just to put it out. So it's a tough space she's in right now. Yeah, and the one thing I will say about Missy is even though she's been gone for so long, she has written a lot of songs behind the scenes, so her pen game is still good, and uh, I'd like to see more of that maybe on Monica's new album. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see if that's, you know, going to be on there. I have no idea what to expect on Monica's new album, but so far so good with that project based on the success of the first single, Commitment. Yeah, uh, she was in the studio recently with B. Cox and JD, so that's always good. Always good to see those three together. I think Jonte was in the studio as well, so expecting some good things from Monica, and hopefully Missy starts starts dropping some more music too. I don't really think I heard a Timbaland song on this uh, on this EP. I could be wrong, but as you know, I read there was a Timbaland produced song on there. I didn't hear it, but I read there was actually. Yeah, I guess that's the thing with Tim now. His sound isn't as recognizable as it was in the 2000s i think his sound has sort of evolved too to the point where even a diehard doesn't really recognize it or maybe he's not even doing all of the production anymore he's got a team behind him right pretty much pretty likely the case yeah yeah um got some other projects i want to touch on here um life jennings he dropped his final album tom what's this about yeah, I really didn't have a chance to dig into any of the new music yet. It's only been a couple of days. But, yeah, he said it was his final album. Let's see if he sticks to that. I mean, he'll probably either way go tour the rest of his career, which is a great thing to be able to do. Um, he's an amazing performer. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really had a chance to check that one out yet. But it would be sad if that was his last album for sure. And I think the crazy thing is when you had posted it was his final album, a lot of the readers were like, what, his final album? Like, they were surprised. And did he announce it on social media that it was his last album? He did. Um, that's where I got it from. I'm not just making things up, Kyle, you know, trying to stir the pot. <laughs> he actually announced it. But, you know, we're in the days of Instagram where if you miss one post and you might never know something happened. Like if you didn't log on for one day, you would never know. It's crazy how, you know, the space we're in. Damn. First Joe and then Tyrese and now Life. Who's next, Tom? Who's next? Um, I have no guess who's next. No one ever retires. No one ever really retires in music, it seems like. You know that. Uh, it seems like Genuine has actually retired. I haven't seen a new music, new album from him in a while. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, yeah, he just loves to perform. So, you know, I don't think he's motivated to be in the studio. I think he's said as much, but he's been hinting he's been back in there. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully we got something new from G soon. Uh, Raphael Sadiq dropped his new album. Jimmy Lee, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but Ed said said we'll hate it. 
Interesting. Uh, whatever that means, Ed, I wish he was here to give his in-depth explanation on that. But it's always exciting to have Sadiq release new music. It's been, I think, eight years. But he's been doing a lot behind the scenes, writing, producing, working on television uh, scores. So, I mean, he's been extremely successful behind the scenes. You know, he's a, a bit mysterious. So um, I'm sure it's a very quality project based on what we've heard so far. Vintage, sound, soulful, you know, we got to check it out. Yeah, and then along with this project, I think he's set to work on Tony, Tony, Tony's reunion album. Tom, that should be really exciting just to see, you know, it's always a treat when we see Raphael working on music. Yeah, absolutely. And I I know he's working on the music of the guests we got in this episode, in fact. Yep, and we will announce that shortly after, but let's focus in on the music here, Tom. I think this one will be really exciting for you. Uh, Fantasia dropped her new record. And she announced her new tour as well. Let's talk about this tour first. It's going to be Fantasia, Robin Thicke, Tank, and The Bonfire. That's a good tour right there. It's an epic tour. Love to see artists coming together like that. There was so much excitement around the announcement. But most importantly, Kyle, we were debating what's going to be the lineup. What's going to be the order of performances? You know what's crazy? So we know Fantasia is going to be the closer. Uh, She's headlining this tour. Fantasia doesn't necessarily have the most hits out of, you know, her, Thick and Tank, but I think vocally and live, she puts on a great show. But it's just, it's yeah. just interesting to see that, in a way, it'll be interesting to see 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, how people view Fantasia's legacy. Amazing performer, but she doesn't necessarily have the hits, does she? Well... I think it's about more than that. She's built a loyal fan base um, based on her talent. She's cultivated that fan base. She puts on a great live show. It's always like a can't miss. If you see her once, you'll always want to check her out. And um, I think, you know, it's a good example of it. It's not always about the hits. Putting out quality music, being consistent, you know, is a big thing. And it seems like, I mean, ever since the American Idol days, she just has been a celebrity as well. So the name Fantasia is always going to be a big name. You know, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, and I think she came out mid-2000s. That was like, I don't think those powerful voices were as appreciated as maybe in the 90s. So I think she was one of those artists that came up in the wrong era, maybe. But yeah, mm. an amazing performer. But Tom, we were debating uh, uh, about uh, this back and forth. Yeah. What's up? I'll say one other thing. Yep. We have talked about all the time about artists performing, doing certain venues, lowering their costs by performing in the clubs and instead of just you know sticking to the bigger venues. Fantasia is one who has religiously always, from my perspective, done those bigger shows, never really undersold herself, never really did small venues, kind of kind of kept her value high. That's, I mean, I look at it like that if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Always has a live band behind her as well. But, yep. Tom, with this tour... Obviously, I think the bonfire goes first. She's the newcomer, um, but it's a gr- it's a great tour for her as well to introduce her to the R and B audience because everyone at this show they're going to be grown and everyone's going to love R and B. So it's a great look for bonfire. Yeah, it's going to be a great look for her. Excited for her to be able to get on this type of tour. She's really going to be able to show her her talent and show what she's made of. Yeah, and then when it comes to thick and tank. Tom, we were debating about this off the air. I posted it on Facebook. Who do you think should be going before Fantasia, the uh, 
not the closer, but the one before the closer. Is it Tank or is it Robin Thicke? Because this is pretty close to me. I th- I still think it's going to be Tank. Um, I wouldn't have said that a few years ago, obviously, but I really think that Thick really hurt his value and his fan base. You can even see some of the comments people are making. They don't even check him out anymore uh, with that whole saga that happened with you know, the Marvin Gaye sample, quote-unquote, and uh, kind of some of the stuff he did in court, you know, throwing Pharrell under the bus. I, I think he hurt his value, and this is part of his way of building it back up. He should be headlining tours like this, if you think about it at this point. Yeah, Robin Thicke has hits, and he's put in the work. Uh, it's not that I disagree with you, because obviously Tank has had more success on Urban AC over the last couple of years, but don't count Robin Thicke out. He, his, his latest single, That's What Love Can Do, that's a pretty big song. And with Blurred Lines and Lost Without You, I think, to me, he should still be you know, before Fantasia, but I can see it going both ways. If you're going to talk about ego and, and all of that stuff, I don't know if Tank is willing to go after Bonfire. I think he will want to go uh, be runner-up yeah. to Fantasia. I don't know. Uh, and I don't know Robin Thicke personally, so I don't know how he deals with it, but it will definitely be interesting. I just think um, you know, Tank is at, at his, probably his biggest peak. And True. You know, I'm just looking at per- from the perspective of that, you know, in terms of popularity in this current moment i'm not denying that thick has a better catalog than tank i'm just looking at in this current moment you know who has the bigger name right now so we'll see it could go either way because i don't think robin thick has done any uh touring as of late eh? not really um he's been rather quiet yeah yeah definitely so we'll see what happens with robin thick um, some more new music for you here. Uh, Summer Walker, Tom, new R&B artist. She dropped her new single, Playing Games, and she announced her tour as well. Um, Tom, this song clocks in at about like 2 minutes and 24 seconds. I mean, that's the trend, isn't it? <laughs> um, what did it you think a, of it, though? You... I thought the song was cool. I mean, it has sort of like a, like a vibey type of sound to it, but I think Summer... She's showing me some promise because... You know, I don't know if you've seen her live, but she actually does play instruments. She plays the guitar. Um, and she mm-hmm. had a EP earlier in the year, Clear, which was like a full-on acoustic EP. So there is some musicality there. Um, with this song, though, I, Tom, I'm starting to really hate these two minutes and 20-something songs because, you know, she builds on a great first verse, has a chorus, and then the song just ends. And as mm-hmm. a listener, I want to hear what's going on in that second verse. It's supposed to be a story, right? That's what R&B is. But with this, it's it's more of just like a vibe. Uh, but interesting enough, I was talking to a friend of mine who's in her early 20s. And she even admitted to me, she's like, that's probably why I like Summer Walker's music so much is that I don't have the patience or the attention span to listen to a song that's like five minutes. Wow. But so. in addition to that, did you ever think about it's all about streaming numbers these days? Yep. Chris Brown encouraging his fans to just put something on play and repeat so if you were to um, put this on repeat, you could get one million streams in half the time than a five-minute song could get one million streams. Think about it like that. Yeah, especially if you're <laughs> um, if you have like a Spotify playlist going on, you can get mm-hmm. like ten songs played in the span of half an hour. Yeah. Whereas before, 
it would be way less. You might maybe have yeah. four or five songs in. So, exactly. Um, but you know what? Summer Walker, I think, has some promise here. I think what will be interesting here, Tom, with a lot of these artists, and maybe it's not as important as it once was, artists like her and LMA and Queen Nigel, now Summer Walker, they have a big internet following, but it's going to be interesting to see how they translate that success into radio success. Or maybe that's not exactly. even important anymore. Yeah, it's, it's so. definitely a, a time when things are changing. We'll have to see how they go. Yeah, but what I will say is I'm actually pretty impressed. Like, her is going to be performing at the MTV VMA Awards. So it's starting mm-hmm. to look like um, the media outlets are accepting R&B again, or at least a certain part of it. Whereas, I don't know if you remember, but like in the early 2010s, everything was like EDM and Pitbull and Flowrider, and we had no R&B yeah. artists on these award shows i think like when miguel did adorn at the grammys everyone was like holy crap that's a groundbreaking moment <laughs> yeah so it's 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 an it's an exciting time for r&b i mean it's bubbling acts are starting to get attention and noticed agreed now tom we have our guest coming up soon so we might have to hit pause at some point but i want to do an album look back here can we yeah absolutely so uh, last week, Ed and I talked about the Mary album, and I actually said it was like the 10-year anniversary of it. Uh, I'd like to correct myself. It's actually the 20-year. That just means I'm mm. getting old, and I thought 2009 <laughs> was today, but that was 10 years ago. Nice. <laughs> but let's That's talk impressive. about another album from 20 years ago, if we can. Yep. Can we talk about... Didn't Darnell Jones' second album come out in 1999? Ooh, I'll check real quick. Um, it sounds right. I remember that year when it came out. I just remember hearing, I remember I mentioned on this podcast, dudes blasting it from their car, the single. But yes, you're right. October 12th, 1999. Can we talk about that album really quickly before our guest comes in? Because, man, Tom, I want you to give me the history. I don't know. Did you, were you listening to Donnell? on his first album or did you get introduced to him on the second album i gotta be honest i got introduced on the second album um i wasn't a huge r&b head though until the late mid to the late 90s so i went back immediately and discovered the first album after i heard the first one you know it was it was a must for me at that point so i I remember that though so when you listen to the second album where i want to be of course you talked about the single but Give me your reaction when you heard that album for the first time. Man, I remember You Know What's Up was one of my favorite songs. I loved Where I Want to Be. And then, you know, I had I felt like I had heard other songs from the album, like This Love, um, Have You Seen Her, Shorty Got Her Eyes on Me. So I felt like I had heard a lot of the album. And then, man, I just, just I remember front to back. I loved the whole album. It was one of those you could put on and play from front to back. So, you know... It's a favorite of mine for sure, and definitely one that put Donnell up there among the greats of the 90s. I mean, what was your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I listened to, I mean, Where I Want to Be, I definitely knew as well as the record with Left Eye. I actually listened to that album later on in my life because at that time I was like nine years old when the album came out. But I remember listening to it and I just really fell in love with Donnell's songwriting and the way he put his songs together 
um, with his backgrounds. And we talked about it with Donnell uh, when he was here, but it was just, it was something like mesmerizing about his voice in that production and how well it just got put together. And it's just great going back to that album because you can tell, you can tell when an artist is in his zone or in her zone. Yeah. The project. Yeah. And that's, that, that's one of those projects where Donnell was in his zone. And I feel like with those type of uh, moments, you can put out like 20 records and they'll all be magical. Absolutely. Classic album. Yeah, and I think some of his unreleased stuff ended up on his B-side project, right? Yeah. You, if you haven't heard that, whoever's listening that loves Donnell Jones, there's some gems on that project. Yeah. Was Superman from that from this project as well, or is it from his first album? Uh, I believe Superman was actually from his first album, believe it or not. But I could okay. be wrong. I'm not totally certain. Yeah, because that had like the same vibe as Get It Together by 702, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's probably his first album because he had um he had a record that sounded like that on his debut. What was it called? Uh, Think about it. Is that is that what it's called? Oh yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah. So, but man, it's just great to to go back and revisit these artists, especially when they're in that zone and they're just putting out quality. And uh, we'll see what what Donnell comes out with soon. He has the record out with John B, and I know he's working on his album. So we'll see, Tom. But um, we'll until see. then, um, we're going to have to bring in Actually, our Kyle, special real quick, now. we can't forget. What's before up? we bring in our guests, real quick, we got to give a shout to Aaliyah. Today is 18 years since she passed. We never forget yep. her. Just want to give her a quick shout out. Or, you know, we still uphold her as one of the greats, and we always will. So, you know, shout out to Aaliyah. Absolutely. And, Tom, before, uh, before our guest comes in, I want you to think of a fan shout out. And once the guest comes in and does their stuff, we're going to get into the fan shadow. Can we do that? Gotcha. Absolutely. Sounds good. So, guys, grab your popcorn and your soda because our special guest is coming in now. And like I said, every week we try to bring in someone special, someone who has brought Soul back. And, Tom, I'm really excited about the guest that we have today. She's a newcomer, but she's been making a lot of noise. Hit number one with her single, Automatic couple of months back she's now on an epic tour that's about to take place i have the bonfire what's going on nothing i'm just super excited exciting to talk to you guys about what i'm doing <laughs> that's dope you know we're really excited to kind of dig into some of your background so you know we we love what you're doing right now but can you just you know tell us and you know we love to discuss r&b history and discuss some of the classics what's one album you know that that has possibly the biggest impact you know, on you growing up that really influenced you? One album? Yeah. yeah. Give us any album. Um, let's see. You know, it's funny because um, it's always hard for me to, like, answer that question because I have um, so many different influences. Um, but I would probably have to say... Let's see, it's between Lauren Hill and Erica Badu, but I'd probably say the miseducation of Lauren Hill. That sticks with Good me. choices. Good choices. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way like I always say this, but it's really like Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, um, that's like the way my soul swings. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like if I had to choose a pocket, my soul would it would live in that space. <laughs> right. That's dope. 
Bonfire, what do you yeah. like about those two artists? Um, what moves me the most about them is just because, like, um, you know, when I listen, I feel like music is a universal language, you know. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, how you live your life. Everybody speaks that language. You can speak to somebody through music, whether, you know, it's healing somebody or just encouraging or motivating, whatever. You know, music is universal, so... Um, they just speak to me as artists, like, you know, I just, my soul resonates with them, like their music, and, you know, it just, it does something to me without, you know, he just, just by listening, I think that's so, music is so powerful for that reason, you know what I mean? It's it's right. everything you need in one, you know? Um, but, yeah. Cool. So, you know, the bonfire, you're definitely on our radar right now, but to a lot of people, you're just really blown up coming out of nowhere and just, you know, they're just discovering you for the first time. Obviously, you've had so much success with your single Automatic, and now you've got the new single out. But we really, you know, want to know, like, how did this journey begin for you? How did you originally get discovered, and, and how will you, you know, get signed and all that? Yeah, I know. It's so funny because it seems like I really did kind of come out of nowhere. In a, in a sense, I did, but... Not for me because I've been, like, grinding for so long. You know, like, I come from a family of entertainers and, um, you know, musicians. And music was instilled in me as a little girl. Um, a little background about me. Um, my aunt, uncle owned a Polynesian show, um, so I was a hula dancer. They worked at a um, wow. a Chinese restaurant, but they owned the Polynesian show. So I was, like, a hula girl growing up my whole life <laughs> on stage wow. with, like, my family, like, the band was my, um, you know, my uncles and the dancers were my cousins, my aunt, my mother, you know, so I grew up in that atmosphere and I was just always surrounded by music, whether it was um, on stage performing or whether it was just in the house listening to it, you know what I mean? Like, um, so music has been a big part of my life, like, ever since I was younger and um, it stuck with me, you know. Um, I just, you know, did that like I did that as a little girl and as I got older I realized like wow I really love this like mm -hmm. if you were to ask me what I wanted to be when I would what when I grew up I would tell you a singer because that's what I love to do and um you know I just pursued it I felt like I was doing what every you know 15 16 year old was doing I was making YouTube videos I was throwing them up online and um, long story short, a promoter actually reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to perform at this club in New York. And I was like, sure. I was so excited. And um, it was like my first time performing outside of my hometown. So I was like um, super excited. So I went and it connected to me to my manager, Nancy and Raphael Sadiq. Um, mm. And Raphael reached out to me through social media and um, flew me out the next day to Atlanta. We had a conversation, and it was like all she wrote from there for the next um, four or five years. I was traveling back and forth um, to Atlanta and California and working with Raphael closely, just kind of like, you know, that old school, um, I don't want to call it old school, but it is like that artist development, really just highlighting and figuring out, like, who I was as an artist, um, you know, and just, um, creating who I am, the bonfire. Like, it just kind of wow. all fell into place, and which re which led me to doing a cover to um, Sweetest Thing, uh, putting up on SoundCloud, and that that song got me auditions, um, you know, from labels. Labels started calling me, and um, that's how I met L.A. Reid. 
Wow. Made my EP, put it out, boom, so everything kind of seems like it happened so fast, but it was really like, it was a grind, and it's still a grind, you know? It don't stop. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it's almost startling to hear you say that, four, four to five years of artist development, because we never hear that side of things. That's how it used to be back in the day. Now it seems like everyone's yeah. an overnight success. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, people don't see, like, the behind the scenes because it's hard, you know. But, you know, if I was to give advice to anybody that was trying to do what I'm doing, it's like you can not You can never give up on yourself. You just got to keep going for it, and it'll manifest, you know. Absolutely. Now, you know, Kyle and I, you know, on, on you know, I got so we, we hear so many R&B artists who are coming out who are looking to make an impact, and, you know, obviously you really stood out to us and really, really believe in you. So I want to ask my partner, Kyle, um, what really stood out about the bonfire that, that got you excited about her music? Well, Tom, I listened to Bonfire's EP when it came out, and what stood out to me was just the versatility. Like, she she would have uh, more current records like Automatic, which fit in well with radio, but then she had also some of that classic um, type of R&B, like uh, Keep Me Waiting and Ready to Love, and then Propane, another one that sort of fits into what's in today's R&B landscape. And then you have a record like All About You, which is super soulful, um, so Bonfire, I, I'd like to know, with all of these different influences and different sounds, how much of that was Raphael, Sadiq sort of guiding you through it, and how much was it just like what you wanted to do? Like, what was your thought process going into that EP? Honestly, like, it was so organically done. Like, it's funny because when I look back at it, like, if you were to ask me this during the process, I would tell you, like, oh, I'm trying to go for, like, this, or I'm trying to do this. But, like, honestly, everything that I did was so organic. Like, it it wasn't planned now that I think back on it. So it was just kind of, like, in the moment. Like, it came from conversations. It came from, you know, just uh, listening to something and having a, a feel. We're, you know, just traveling back in time to something that I've been through because, like, everything that I um, – you know, everything that I write about and when I collaborate with somebody, like, I, I have to, like, experience it. You know what I mean? Like, I have to go through it. And um, But Raphael, like, he has, throughout my whole career, honestly, since I, the day I met him, he's had so much of an inspiration on me because he's just, he's just, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> words don't count. Like, he's so incredible. Like, he's still, he's just, like, a goat. <laughs> if I'm using, yeah. like, 2019 terms, like, he's a goat. Like, he's phenomenal. And, um, you know, um, mixing our thoughts together and just kind of, like, collaborating with different people. Like, I got a chance to work with um, Hitmaker and Harmony Samuels and um, some really um, great writers. So just kind of bringing out, you know, that organic, you know, story. Because it was just really, like, a, a big story, like a story tale. Like, I was just telling stories, and we kind of just came up with songs that, you know, but also had influences from um, artists that I that I love, you know what I mean? And um, not even, like, on purpose. It kind of just happened, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, but Raphael is definitely, and still, like, I'm actually working on my album right now. And he's um, a huge influence on it. So he, he, I think he will always be one because he's just kind of been a mentor to me. He's really like my big brother. So, you know. Right. Yeah. 
And, and what I love about the EP Bonfire is the samples that you chose um, to, to sing over. You know, you had a Blackstreet record um, and, and a handful of different other samples, but you maintained the feel of the record because a lot of times, especially in today's R&B, you'll hear samples from when we were all growing up and we loved those records, but then the feeling is gone. But like a song, like, like keeps me waiting. You can, you still have that nineties feel to it. it. How did you manage to keep that feeling in the record? Um, I think it's honestly like, I think it's just honestly, it's that I love, like, I love nineties era. I love the early two thousands. Um, I love like, my music span is very broad. Like, I listen to a lot of different things, and I get influenced off a lot of different things. But in the 90s in general, I grew up in that era. And, you know, when I was a little girl, my older cousins were listening to that. So it's like, you know, I say this a lot, but it's true. Like, that's, like, that's the way I see music. Like, it just comes out in that way. Like, I can't, like, pinpoint it. It's, like, it's always weird to me when somebody says, like, oh, like, how do you sing like that, or, like, what are you? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, it just kind of happens. Like, it comes out that way. It's not explained. It's just the way that I feel it. I feel that I sing the way I feel, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I don't really have an right. explanation for it. It's just more so feeling, you know what I mean? Right. So, like we mentioned, um, you've got the new single out, You Say, with Black, and, you know, we really noticed the contrast in the sound between that one and Automatic you know, the first single you had put out. Um, does your sound fall more, like your, your, what you feel is your signature sound fall more in line with either of those songs or you you really feel like you're versatile, you could, you could work anything? Um, I feel like I'm versatile, but, you know, um, there definitely is now that you know. I never really do it that way. Like I kind of, like I said, like when I record a song, it's just kind of like, I'm having a moment. Like I'm living in I'm living in a space where like I'm just writing about something that I've been through or, you know, if um you know, we're black, like it's so funny because we we weren't in the studio together. Like we kinda like I recorded you say and then I opened up a verse and he he like I guess he heard the song and he was like, Yo, I love this and he put a verse down, and it was just, like, magic. And I was like, wow. Because, honestly, I wasn't even going to – I was just going to leave it as is. I wasn't even going to have a feature. But, mm. um, you know, I just loved his verse so much. And um, I felt like I felt like I needed a record like that. It wasn't even like I was trying to sing differently or, like, let me try something new. It was just, like, I liked it. I loved it. Like, I fell in love with the record. Nice. Now – with your record automatic and Tom, I want to hear your thoughts or, or how you viewed it. Cause when I heard automatic, it wasn't like I caught it, you know, through social media or anything. It came from, you know, the traditional sense of being played on the radio and I heard it. I'm like, what is this? And I went and found it myself. Tom, how did you discover the record? Yeah. Same, same way. I thought it was really interesting. Cause, cause, um, you know, bonfire, we, we always look at the charts, we follow what's going on in radio and all of a sudden we seen this song, really blowing up at radio and it's interesting because a lot of artists don't go that route these days so we thought that mm-hmm. was great that you know that la reed and his team really put you know the the push behind the song and believed in it and and felt enough to you know really push it to the top and help it get to do what was needed to do to get to the top so we thought that was awesome how did you feel about the rollout and everything that followed mm-hmm. um well it was like um it was 
was incredible to me. It really was like a dream, honestly, going like number one. And when I actually, they, I had a big um, EP release party, so that was like amazing. I had so many different people there. Like it was like old school Atlanta, LA threw it for me. And, um, you know, Raphael was there. Everybody was there, so it was like a dream to me. And then for my record, um, you know, being, being that's the first, piece of, you know, material, like, I put out an EP for one of my records to go number one, it was just, like, a blessing, like, I couldn't have asked for more, you know, and it was just humbling, you know, because it's always scary putting out music, and you don't know how people are going to receive it, you know, if they're going to receive it the same way you do, but um, it was, you know, I felt incredible, it was great. Right, and Bonfire, I got to tell you, we're all really excited about this album that you're working on because Harmony, that's one of our boys. We, we've known him for years now. You have Raphael Sadiq on your team, L.A. Reid, mm-hmm. you know, what he's done in the industry. Just talk about what you're currently working on. What's that project sounding like? Well, um, it's definitely a spin. It's, oh, man, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's not finished yet. Um, it's almost finished, but it's it's definitely gonna tell the story. You know, it's gonna tell the story. It's gonna um, I hope to mark memories. You know, with this album because I feel like your first album is so important because I don't care who you are, like what artist you are, you always remember that first album when artists put out. At least for me, you know what I mean. And like I'm really trying to do more for people than just sing songs. Like I learned like a long time ago that long after the song writer, you know, like long after I'm gone, the song, like my songs are going to remain. So I just want to be able to um, inspire people with my experiences and mark memories, you know. So I feel like my album um, is going to do that, you know. That's dope. We're really looking forward to checking it out when it's ready and it's out. Um, You know, you've got something huge coming up, though, with this tour you're a part of. Definitely one of the most, if not the most, epic tours in R&B this year. We love it when artists come together and put, the, put together something special, but, you know, it's Fantasia's headlining, and you're a part of it, as well as Tank and Robin Thicke. So just tell us about that experience and what you're looking forward to about that. Well, um, I'm still kind of like, I don't want to say in shock, but I'm so excited mm-hmm. because they're like, you know, they're just legendary to me. And, um they're such, like, phenomenal people. Like, they're just a joy to be around. And um, I just feel like <laughs> it's going to be a real, like, real R&B experience. And, like, it's, like, soul food. Like, <laughs> y'all are coming yeah. to the barbecue to get a plate. Like, it's real. Like, <laughs> and I'm yeah. just, like, <laughs> I'm just so excited to be a part of it. I feel like uh, it's a blessing that this is going to this is going to be my first tour. And it's with them, you know what I mean? So, I'm just super excited. You know, I've been waiting to go on tour, um, and it's uh, it's really awesome to me that I get to be on tour with them. So I think it's going to be great, and I'm excited to touch people. You know, actually, uh, the tour is so, you know, it's for three months, so I'm excited just to touch um, people during that time, you know? Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Tom, I-, I talked to you off the air about this, but this tour, I think, is a great opportunity for bonfire to really establish her mark with this r&b community because this isn't one of those like hip-hop shows this is just pure r&b fans they're going to an r&b show um how do you view Mm -hmm. it tom 
Yeah, I think this tour, you know, Bonfire, you you, you got on the, the perfect tour to showcase, you know, what you're really capable of to true R&B lovers. You know, it's not like you're opening for a hip-hop act. You're going to be with some of the premier vocalists in the genre, and then you get, you, you're get you right there with them. You, you know, your talent is right there with them. So I think you're really going to get the chance to ex- get exposure to some of the true R&B lovers that are out there and who are really going to get a chance. Because I'll be honest, even when we posted the flyer, you know, some people were not yet familiar. They said, well, who's the Bonfire? You know, they know Tank yeah. and Fantasia and Thick, but they're, you know, <laughs> they're going to, you know, it's going to get to them. They'll, they'll check you out, and um, that'll be it. There'll be new fans right there. So I think it's a great opportunity for you. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's going to be amazing. And, you know, um, I just feel like, you know, to hang with the star, you gotta you got to be a star, you know what I mean? So I just feel like I'm blessed to be on the tour, but I'm excited to showcase, you know, what I can do, like, because I think I think R&B, just like them, you know what I mean? So it's really amazing that I get to be a part of it, and um, I'm just real excited, like I said, to touch people. Right. And Bonfire, lastly, with your single Automatic, that hit number one on Urban AC, and you're a younger R&B act, and, you know, I find a lot of listeners, old and new, like if you're a young artist, you, mostly the young art, uh, young listeners gravitate towards you, and if you're an older artist, then you know the older crowd gravitates to you. But it seems like your fan base or people that are checking you out, it's it's a wide range of of people of different mm-hmm. ages. Mhm. Yeah. So, so yeah, just just talk about that, and um, you know, what do you think is going to be the key to making sure that everyone's invited to you know the bonfires party? Mm-hmm. Well, um. I think that I think it's so great that um, because like you know as a little girl like I always I love growing like I love the fact of growing with an artist like I listen to Destiny's Child I've Beyonce like you know Aaliyah um, you know just like Rihanna like um, you know I grew with those artists I grew with um, Mariah Carey I grew with Christina Aguilera I grew with all those people so the thought of having um, I don't want to say I have kid fans because I don't know if I have kid fans yet. <laughs> but um, just the fact of thinking about my fans being able to grow with me, even if they're like 19, 20, or, you know, even older crowd, like I think it's incredible, like, you know, that I touch um, different ages of people because, like I said, I said it once already, but music is universal and everybody speaks it, so if I can speak to everybody, you know, it doesn't matter who or age range, I think, you know, I couldn't ask for more as an artist. Amazing. And, you know, the bonfire, we're just about out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, add on? Um, No, I mean, just thank you. Thank you for taking the time to um, get to know me, and um, hopefully I see you guys on tour. <laughs> That's dope, dope. Looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to all you've got coming. you got our support, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. And Tom, that was the bonfire on the Soulback podcast. She seems really cool. Yeah, she's cool. She's got a bright future ahead of her. Um, she's got a great team um, that are willing to make things happen for her. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely be checking her out and supporting. Absolutely. Now, Tom, it's time to get into your weekly fan shadow. Did you actually prepare one? Uh, I did prepare one. I'm always prepared, Kyle. Come on now. Nice. <laughs> Who do we have? It's cool. It's cool that um, actually Facebook makes it easy for you. So they have this top fan section. You can see who who actively 
comments the most and stuff like that. I don't know if you've seen that section. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so they make my job a little bit easier because we have so many fans who who look out for us and have been supporting us. I don't want to call them fans. I just want to you know call them supporters. But I want to give this shout out to one of our top fans on Facebook. I know Sharon Hollins. I've seen her commenting on a bunch of our stuff and, and liking our posts. So we appreciate it. Thank you for always checking us out and then rocking with us. Absolutely. And Tom, speaking of top fans, um, I don't even know if uh, we've announced this, but we've partnered up with Sony Hall, which is a venue in New York City. Um, you know, we're going to help promote some of the concerts that they have going on, some R&B concerts. And we're also going to be giving away uh, free tickets to the shows. And uh, most recently, we gave away a pair of tickets to Life Jennings show at the end of August and a couple more shows coming up, Sierra, Lloyd, um, some other names that I'm, I'm, they're, 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 I'm, going, I'm drawing blank right now, Tom, but we've got a couple of shows, so just keep following us on social media, listening to the podcast, and you too may be going to a Sierra show. <laughs> there you go. Tom, will you be going to a Sierra show? Um, most likely not, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, let's get into the soul backtrack of the day. Okay. Um, I want to go with the record X Factor by Lauryn Hill. Since Bonfire mentioned Lauryn Hill, mm. uh, this record, everyone seems to love this record. And the topic of this song, it's it's true. It's it's like scary, but it's true. This happens in relationships. Yeah, it's it's a great song. I mean, that's when songwriting really meant something. You know, music meant something. Not, I'm sorry, I don't mean music meant something, but music had more feeling and was relatable. You know, I'm not relating to how many racks you got in bags and getting the bag, securing the bag. So... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a better a better era for me. But I actually like the <laughs> remix too. I don't know how many people have heard it. The remix is is a more up tempo. It doesn't even really sound like the original, but it's also a cool song. I like it. Do you ever hear it? I thought you were gonna say the Drake remix, but uh, no, I no. haven't heard the remix of it. <laughs> Check out the remix when you get a chance. All Can right, we do another right. Soulback song of the day, real quick? Sure. What is your favorite Aaliyah song, since we're celebrating on, on the anniversary of her passing? What is your favorite? You know what? I actually saw Ed commenting on it today, and he said, Are You That Somebody? And I'm leaning towards that because that was when I heard that song for the first time, it was mind-blowing to me. I remember me and my cousins both listening to that, and immediately you would pick up on the baby crying in the background. Yep. That, that's, that's... I mean, that's up there, but today, just to be different, I'm going to say Try Again, just because I think, to me, that's like one of the greatest Timbaland beats ever. Hmm. That's a good choice as well. I'm, I'm yep. with Ed, though. Actually, I'm with Ed. I'm going to have to go with Are You That Somebody. If you're going to look at my iTunes play count, though, Loose Rap is the most played Aaliyah song. Shout wow. out to Static Major. Yep. Yep, Absolutely. Um, Tom, quickly, can we get into the play of please here? All right. Uh, I don't even know if this is really a play of please, but I, I'm just going to give a play of please to people that beef on the internet. Uh, most recently, Dallas Austin did an interview online and pretty much just said that, because uh, Dallas produced Boyz II Men's debut album, and he said that on the second Boyz II Men album, the group became a bunch of jerks and they dissed babyface in the studio etc etc sean stockman we're still looking for you on the podcast but he made a reply on instagram addressing the whole situation 
And um, two points to this, Tom. Number one, when you blow up the the way that Boys to Men blew up, I think some ego is gonna be involved, and you're gonna get quite big headed, right, from all the success. Yeah, I mean, it, you hate to hear things like that, but whenever it comes to these stories and these beefs, usually the truth is somewhere in the middle. So I'm not taking either side. I'm sure yeah. they were both sides um, have somebody to say about it, but. Who knows what the truth is? We've seen egos, though. Um, so, who knows, man? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but I think the play of please here is... why This this should be dealt with on a phone call. Don't call out each other on the internet. Also, this was, what, 25 years ago? Why is this just yep. being brought up now? Like, are you kidding me? Nope. And then we also have to give know. a shout-out to, to Tim Kelly because he's linked to both Dallas and Boys to Men. I texted him earlier to find out what the hell is going on, and our boy Tim Kelly wrote, what's going on? I've been in the lab all day. So shout-outs to people that, that still work in the lab and work hard. That's Tim Kelly. He lives in the lab. He's one of the hardest-working dudes, and much success to him. He's having a lot right now. Yep. Probably making a hit for Bobby V as we speak, Tom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, Tom, that seems to be it for uh, this week's podcast. I'm going to go try to find this chicken sandwich that everyone keeps uh, eating at, at Popeye's. Didn't you show me a meme of, like, a worker from Popeye's compared <laughs> to Michael Jordan at the, with the flu game? Oh, man, I forgot the woman's name. But, uh, man, she worked uh, on the third shift at Popeye's, and she baked 239 chicken sandwiches. That's the real MVP right there. Damn right it is. And then speaking of the flu game, even though this is not really R&B related, there's actually rumors that people claim that it was no flu. Michael Jordan was just hungover. Can you confirm this? Oh, I, honestly, I don't even know if Michael Jordan drank. He was so competitive. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, so. uh, we'll bring in Michael Jordan on the next podcast to find out. How about that? <laughs> There we go. Hey man, get him on the line. Mike had Mike had Robin Thicke at his wedding, so he knows R and B. Hey man, if we can get Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire on this podcast, we could get just about anybody. This is facts. Anyway, Tom, I think that's it for this week. We'll get Ed back next week, and we'll we'll get this whole thing going once again. So, Tom, thank you again to the bonfire, and Tom, I guess we're out of here. <laughs>